0: welcome to crosstown cardboard a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of new york city craig and carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster
1: this is crosstown cardboard
0: welcome to episode 64 of crosstown cardboard with myself carmine at carmine's cards the sports storyteller down here in greenville south carolina And also Craig at New York City Sports Cards, the math teacher, the soccer coach in the heart of New York City. And for episode 64, we also have a special guest who Craig has the privilege to introduce. But the title of episode 64 is Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill's studio album debut in 2012. And also his hit single because we have a guy from the same city as Meek Mill, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, repping the Eagles. Great season going on, trying to make it back to the Super Bowl. He's wearing the A.J. Brown jersey. And, Craig, how should we introduce our good buddy here?
2: Oz, obviously a great friend of ours, and we are 64 episodes in. I believe we had Cousin Oz and Cousin Tony episode three or four. Yep. So what a perfect chance to have him back. The Eagles are rolling. We see Oz is wearing the Eagles uniform. Oz being a Philly guy, no more appropriate title than Meek Mill's first album. Dreams and nightmares. But why do we? We didn't just pick that title randomly. We got an amazing story to tell here where Oz got his grail. And I think it's fair to say, as a part of the journey of getting that grail, there were in fact dreams and nightmares. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Oz, what's the word, my man? The word <laughs> is first off, thank you, fellas, for having me on. It's always an honor being on with you guys, you know, Cardboard Connection. Um, listen, it's uh it's been a hell of a journey. You know, the, like, like you said, it's dreams and nightmares. So I had the dream of acquiring this card. I had seen it. Everybody knows, uh, Hail Mary SC Blaine Thornton. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. Really, really good guy down South and he collects Iverson. He does a lot of, a lot, a lot of Iversons, uh, you know, that he does. And every once in a while, he'll just send me a random post like, yo, did you see this? So he sends me this card. And as soon as I seen it, I was like, wow, that is an awesome card. And I'm like, do you know who has this card? He goes, nah, I don't know. really know the guy. I just seen the post, so I just figured I'd send it to you. And I was like, damn. I said, I wonder how much he's asking for this car. Because when I seen it, it's one of those cars, kind of car, like when we went to the National, right. and we seen those one ones and things like that, it's like, and we're starting to look at these prices. You know how people, when you get to these rarefied airs, when it comes to these cars, they'll ask, you know, freaking... For the moon and stars, when it comes to these types of things, uh, now the card I'm talking about is the 1997 UD game jersey, Allen Iverson. It's a PSA 9 with a 10 auto. It's a pop one. Um, Show if us. You know, if you know, you know. <laughs> this is a very iconic set. Um, now this puppy right here, you know, has the. What, what, what would you consider that? Is that a patch jersey, like napkin? I don't know. This, yeah, jersey. This, yeah, game use yeah. jersey. Yeah, so this is the the original. Now, Craig, correct me if I'm wrong. This was like the first set that had a jersey in it.
2: Yeah, and that's why this card is so iconic. So, for you're watching on YouTube, you see it. This is the 1997 Upper Deck Game Jersey, the first year, the first set of basketball game worn jersey cards. Obviously, you have Allen Iverson. Not only is it autographed, signed on card, but he also inscribed it. The answer, yeah, truly a one of a kind card. So iconic, the player, the inscription. The first game-worn jersey set. We love game-worn jerseys on this podcast. So you came to the right place. Yeah. So that came across your radar, thanks that to that a good across- friend. Yes. So the power of connecting and networking. So you see a card like that, you already know it's going to cost you a lot. So what is, Like, what's
1: the first move? Well, first move was just... Like I said, I started dreaming about it. It was one of those things. Like, in, it, it just stayed in my mind for a while. Obviously, in my mind, I was like, I don't have any money. I don't have. I mean, I have a collection, but if I, in order to get something like that, I would have to literally move everything I have. And I was like, man, it's just a pipe dream. was just. And what you know, what was the original value on that uh, he that, asking, that he put on it? Well, the thing is, he didn't have a value. All he no. said is that the post basically just said. This was before the national that he posted this. He says, I'll be at the national with this card, hoping to find somebody and get it to, you know, get it to somebody that wants it. So I didn't even know if the guy still had it because it was after the national that uh, Blaine showed me the post. So, you know, the wheels are spinning and I'm thinking about it. And in my mind is like, am I going to go ahead and do this? And if I do, am I going to be disappointed when I ask this guy, Hey, how much you asking for this? You know, is it going to be something like, you know, 30,000, 50,000, 60,000, where it's just like, forget it, you know, or it will be something that might be attainable if I were able to make it happen. So I slept on it for like a couple of weeks just because it was almost at that point. Like if I don't ask, I'll always have a chance because, you know, I'll never know what it is. You know, almost <laughs> I was being a chicken. I was being a chicken. Honestly, I didn't want to know the price because I didn't want to be priced out of it. And then one day I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm delivering the mail as I do every day. And I sent him a DM and I said, hey, man, you know, I really love this card. First of all, do you still have it? And if so, how much are you asking for it? Um, and he said, yeah, definitely still have the card. Um, he goes, I'm not looking really to move it, but my price on it is 15K. Whew. I was
2: not expecting you to say that, but it's a pop one none higher, as you said. Wow. So, fifteen K. What's again? Like for an Iverson collector, I don't really know if it gets much better than this. Unless you Mm -hmm. want to start talking about like his. Does he have a PMG? His rookie.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Logo
0: man, maybe a logo man. Logo man. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, this car's out there. The the tops chrome refractor just sold for twenty three thousand on eBay. That's in a ten, Oz. That's in a ten. Now wow. your card
2: is signed. It was an in-person autograph, but like yes. the signature is clear as day.
1: Clear as uh, day. Auto
2: grade was a ten. Are there any others that you're aware of with the answer inscription on it?
1: There, there are, but not. Um, the ones graded like an eight. Uh, the other ones, like a, I believe, the auto is uh, a nine. This is the only one. Like the other ones that I've seen, they've been BGS graded, and they've had the thick blue marker. Mm. And it kind of takes away from the you know, the aesthetics of it. So uh, the, this one, I think with the, the skinny blue marker, the way it is being a nine, I mean, I believe there's only don't quote me if I'm wrong. There might be just one or two tens out there. Um, so just to be a nine, you know, graded a nine, the card alone yeah, is is significant. And then to have the 10 auto on top of that, you know, that's just icing on the cake. You know what I really
0: liked too during this process, Oz, was when you were looking at that card and of course you were talking about it on your podcast, the Cousins Collectibles podcast with you Mm -hmm. and your cousin, Tony, and uh, just enjoying your process, going through the dreams and the nightmares of, you know, finding out this $15,000 value. Am I going to trade all these other really nice, really rare Iversons that you have to try to make up so you don't have to spend full cash Mm -hmm. to make up and really try to go after this one. Like the Dunkin' Go Nuts that you did the deal with at the pizza shop with me in attendance with Sean Victory Investments and you traded with Tony or uh, you bought it from him actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was only a pop 10, I think, in the PSA 10 for that. But And then we were talking about it. And that was another reason why we wanted to have you on was because it hit so close to home with you being in what's now known formerly as the Wolfpack, now the Hobby family and being like a small part of this journey for you to try to acquire this card. Cause we're, you know, on the phone talking, talking about like, well, what do you think? You know, I am I was kind of in a similar situation of, you know, going after a Larry Bird, you know, rookie auto grail at that time that I ended up not getting. And I feel, you know, pretty good about not getting it. But we're talking about like the process behind trading so many cards that you really do like and you worked hard for and, you know, a couple of years of getting back into collecting really seriously to try to get that one peak of the mountaintop card like this 1997 Upper Deck game jersey of Allen Iverson. So what were the factors that you were weighing of how many Iverson really cool cards do I want to give up for the pinnacle of what I think I can possibly get? Mm-hmm.
1: At first uh, I wasn't willing to give up any, you know, my thing is I'm trying to build the best Allen Iverson collection, you know, that I can myself. I know there's people out there that blow me out the water. Philly card collector comes to mind. Um, But, you know, I'm doing what I can do, you know, as me, as I, as the mailman, I'm trying to, to to build that perfect PC for me. Um, So when this came about, I knew, okay, he's asking 15K. And again, I, I went to him. He didn't come to me. You know, this is, he collects Allen Iverson. Here's the thing. It's not like he just had this card. You know, he's an Allen Iverson collector as well. So right. this is a grail right. to him as well. Uh-huh. So he's like, dude, you know, I'll, I don't want to let it go. But if if you want it, this is my asking price. <laughs> is it? I probably, yeah. But it's like, okay, but I want that card. So now I got to figure out okay, this guy's asking 15K. I don't want to give up any of my, you know, my good Allen Iversons because I could easily just say, okay, he wanted probably like 25 of my AIs, you know, that kind of ran, you know, went up into that that price range, but it would have been like everything that I had wiped out, that I had worked the last, you know, three years to build up. And I was like, am I willing to do that? Nah. So what my plan was out of the blue you know, the, the main thing that really sparked me to going after this grail was, uh, again, I'm a mailman, and there was a grievance that we had at work, which I really is, wasn't even aware of. You know, the union went ahead and filed a grievance, and then all of a sudden, I get in my paycheck an extra 5K. It was actually $7,500, and, you know, after taxes, $5,000, which I wasn't expecting planning. Ooh. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, I got 5K now that I wasn't (laughs) expecting and kind of like, you know, nobody really knows about this 5k. So is it real money? I don't know. Maybe I could use this to go towards my, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting it. So I was like, you know, that was the impetus. Okay. I got 5k now that that's boom. So now I got to come up with 10k or at least, you know, that type of value in order to get this gentleman to give me the card. So then I was like, all right, 10k, I might be able to give up one or two of my bangers, but he wanted them all, and I was like, "Nah, I, I I can't do that." So then it came to the point, like, "Okay, what what am I gonna do to get to that extra, you know, ten k?" Mm-hmm. So there was no, you were pretty set at that, or he was at least at that fifteen k
2: value because yes. he came to you with that price. There was no, all right, what if I could give you five k and then seven k trade or something like that? You pretty yeah. much accepted that price tag, and
1: you, no, it was he. It was I said, "Listen, I'm, I have five k." you know what i mean what can we do these are the cards that i have so then i went ahead i was like okay so i had a ton of other cards that craig you're familiar with when i went down to laz's show in jersey i took a a lot of them but those weren't even the the higher one higher end ones that i had but i took a majority of them there but so i showed those to him first but him being an Allen iverson collector he was like well i kind of looked at your ig page what about this, 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 and this, which happened to be all my bangers from AI. And I was like, I was like, I hear you, bro. I said, but right now I'm not willing to give those up. So I said, do me a favor. I said, if you can, just bear with me. If you can be patient with me, I'm going to look to set up at a show, which we just talked about last show. And I said, I'm going to try to go ahead and get that extra cash, sell the cards that I have that are not Allen Iverson and use that to go ahead and see if I could just come up with as much cash as I can to, you know, if I would have came up with like, say I already had five, if I would have got like, say seven K at the, at the show, you know, I would have had 12 K. I would have been like, look, I got 12 K cash, you know, let's make a deal. I'm sure he would have took 12 K cash or maybe even less than that. Um, But, you know i don't know if you guys heard but the show didn't go the way it was supposed to go so i mean we can get into that or however you want to go around that but well, before you get into that i had yeah. no
2: idea that when we were set up at the show i know you were looking to liquidate so you were looking to someone to cash out i didn't realize in the moment that was with this grail in mind yes but so that definitely changes the context of what you were going through at the time so yeah there you go you're set up at a show you're looking to cash out which it's not as easy as we learned.
1: Right,
0: right. No, you know, yeah, it- I, I remember, <laughs> Oz, when when we were talking about uh, like how you plan to acquire this card that you now have. And you were talking about how you were going to set up at the uh, show, the last show in Jersey. And you were saying, well, I got, you know, I think it was like, you know, 100 slabs. If I sell them for $80 a piece, that's eight grand. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like a great plan. But the only <laughs> problem is actually selling them because you know somebody has to be interested in them and in the current market you know i mean your inventory like your nicer stuff is off the charts like i think you don't talk about that much like all the bangers that you truly have you know because you're on on your podcast you and tony talk about a lot of the personal nature of stuff and like you know go through a lot of the hobby news and you know and and comment and give your perspective which i love but Mm -hmm. i think that takes some of the shine away from the, the true level of cards that you really have that I, every time, you know, the, the time I saw you at the national or every time I see the Instagram, I'm like, man, you got some really higher end, you know, Allen Iverson and even outside of that, you know, other Philly guys and beyond that. Mm-hmm. But then I knew that the slabs that you were trying to sell weren't those, you know, they're right. stuff that you were willing to get rid of. So, so you had the dream of trying to acquire this, ai grail but then how did the show turn into a nightmare in that instance
1: <laughs> well the show you know like craig said he's selling selling those cars it, it was kind of a it was a weird show i don't know like i know craig you were doing a lot of buying but as far as people purchasing it was hit or miss let's put it like that so and i was missing so my whole thing was i knew there were people that were there that were buying out collections you know so that's usually the case there's people that go around and say okay We'll give you a 70%, you know, sometimes I'll give you 50% uh, uh, of what your, you know, your comps are on these cards. So either way, my whole plan was go there and try to find somebody that's just going to buy out, you know, the case. And if I could find somebody, if I have it valued, say, at, at 12K, you know, or, or even 10K and he gives me 7,000, I'm in the ballpark now. I already have five. I have seven, 12. I, you know, to me, if I can get seven. I'm cool. I can offer, you know, twelve, and the guy'll be, you know, through the roof to go ahead, um, to go ahead and get let me get the grail. But the way it was working, it just nobody was, you know, biting us. I, I sold a couple lower end things, nothing major. So I had about a thousand dollars in sales. Um, but then one of the bigger guys that was there that goes around and you know Laz's boy, he goes around and checks collections, and he actually came over to where Rob was at sports car therapist and we were all there and it was like you know rob at the time was like yo you know my boy over here he's looking to sell you know he'll he'll give him whatever price you want he's just looking to buy out you know i forget how (laughs) he put it and i was like well let's not go there but you know i am willing to make a deal so the guy comes over and he's like oh okay so he's looking through my stuff and he's actually getting me a little hyped up and he's like yeah man i like what you got you know i'm willing yeah i think we can make a deal here you know and i gave him a price of what I thought it was. Um, I think I said 12. And then he came back, he's like, Well, it's a little high. He's like, for a couple of things, but you know, I think we can work something out. So I'm like, okay, cool. But of course, his main guy is Laz, who he's the promoter, and Laz has the final say on any collections that are bought. So we're standing there, him and Han for about five, 10 minutes. And he's texting furiously. I'm assuming he's texting Laz about coming over and, and buying the collection, but Laz never showed. It probably took another, you know, it took another five minutes to finally where he's like, you know what, I'll be back. He leaves, he comes back still with no Laz. And then I'm like, all right. So now I'm starting to like, okay, this, I, I have a feeling I know where this is going, but we'll see what happens. Finally, Laz shows up. And then at the last second, Laz shows up and the dude was like, well, you know, now that I'm looking at it, uh, this does seem a little bit high. You know, you know what? I'm not, mm. yeah, I don't know, Laz. You, you, if you want to buy, it, you buy it. I, I'm gonna go over here. So, like, you know, Laz finally gets over here, and then the guy kind of craps on it as he's leaving when he just had me hyped up for, you know, 15 minutes. And I don't know if you want me to say what I thought it was as far as how I felt at the time, uh, hobby blue balls, because I got all excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i thought i was gonna get there and you know get off and, and it and it didn't didn't work you know so laz was like i'll be back so i was like all right cool so at that point i'm like you know rob's like what happened what happened and craig you know they're asking i said dude i don't know they, they kind of left me hanging I, I don't know i said i don't think they want to buy it but they haven't said no and then rob's like well go over there and ask them you know let's go go chase i'll, I'll watch your table so i was like, all right cool so i go hunt, hunt the guys down I find the other guy and I was like, Hey, are you still interested in doing a deal or, you know, no. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So what's
0: <laughs> up? He's like, so well, why Laz, am I
1: here? <laughs> why am I here with blue balls then? If that's the case, <laughs> he's like, well, Laz is right over there. You know, go, go ask him. I say, okay. So I go over to Laz. I was like, Hey, your buddy said, you know, you're still interested in going ahead and, and, and getting the, uh, the collection. He's like, yeah, Hmm. Yeah, about that, man. See, if I if I gave you an offer, you'd probably feel insulted. And hey, I don't know if we'd be able to meet where we need to meet for me to be able to move it. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I was like, well, I said, listen, man. I said, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm, tr- I'm trying to acquire a grail. So I'm looking to cash out. So what offer did you have in mind? If You tell me an offer and it's it's crazy. I'll say, you know, no. Or if it's something I might be interested in, we can work something out. So what are you offering? Right. Uh, yeah, I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, thank you for being honest after 30 minutes of wasting my time, but thank you. So then I went back to the table and, you know, tail tucked between my legs and Craig gave me a hug and, you know, pat me on the back. It's all right, buddy, we're gonna get through this.
2: (laughs) You know what? That was actually an interesting experience for me to see because you see on uh, Instagram, buying, buying, buying collections, sell me your cards. And in my head, it's all fluid. Here, here are my cards. It's comped at a thousand. Here, I'll give you eight hundred. Boom, sold. Obviously, we, as we learned that day, selling your entire collection is not that simple. And the and a lot of people who try to provide liquidity, they don't really always make it a seamless process as you learned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that made it even greater. It's it's all like you said, li- liquidity. So that was the thing. Listen, you have nice cards. Don't get me wrong. They're nice cards, but it's going to be difficult for me to move those. You have a lot of Allen Iverson cards. Uh, you have some other players like David Robinson who aren't too big in the hobby. They're nice cards, but, the, you know, it's, it's like the player. Who, who am I going to move these to? So I can get them all. You get your money. Now I'm stuck trying to move these cards. And, you know, in my mind, it's just it's, they're not liquid, and I wouldn't be able to move them as quickly as I wanted to. And I, And I said, hey, no problem. You know just could have told me that 30 minutes ago while you got me all hyped up you know r- lubed up and ready to go so, <laughs> no problem and at that point i'm like all right i got a thousand dollars in my pocket nobody's biting and i'm like it's about two o'clock i gotta drive two hours back to to Reading, pennsylvania from jersey i'm ready to go all of a sudden Laz comes back to the table with another fella mm. And I'm like, okay, now this guy I recognize, I had done a deal with him previously at the uh, Fishtown card show, actually twice, where he bought a majority of my collection at both times. So I'm like, okay, I have a little bit of rapport with this guy. I know he's not the nicest guy to work with, um, but I know what to expect when I deal with him. I know he's going to come in, he's going to look at my cards and whatever comps I have, he's going to bash him down to where he can get them for like 50%. That's just how he rolls. And at that point...
2: I can confirm that. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Because I saw you trying to work a deal with this guy going over the numbers. And I turned to your cousin Tony. And I'm like, yo, Tony, Oz and this guy don't look like they're having any fun right now. Like this <laughs> is way too serious, straight down to business. It should yeah. be fun. Even yeah, though oh we're no. talking business and numbers, it should be fun. That yeah, was right. very, very like serious and direct. Yeah. That is it, so it, important doing to you in
0: deals. I mean, just to just to quickly interject that Craig I think you hit the nail on the head that's so important to have a nice deal if you can have some humor you know some you know you talk about like I just have the first card here this Mark Sanchez tops chrome PSA 10 rookie card I mean obviously this was an easy deal for me to get this card for like 10 bucks but I mean if you can throw you know a few jokes in there talk about the player's career oh where are you from what what team are you a fan of all of a sudden like you coined the term Oz and then we stole it from you before you could copyright it. Communication is lubrication. And we stole that and we, you know, named a recent episode, that same title. Um, But so this deal was, was getting very serious. It was, it was not fun, huh?
1: No, it was, it, it was a grind and, and I knew it was going to be, <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, it's like a means to an end. Like I told Tony, I was like, dude, at that point in time, I was willing. I wasn't willing to take anything, but at least make me an offer. You know, le- let me know what your thoughts are. Um, you being a quote unquote, you know, buyer of collections, what's your honest opinion of what I have and how much you would pay for it? You know, and and then I could say yes, no, or whatever. Um, but these guys, again, he's looking at my stuff. He's like, yeah, if I gave you what I'm thinking, you'd be offended, and you know, mm-hmm. the whole spiel all over again. And and I was like, well, dude. I said, didn't you just talk to Laz? Like, was it just a conversation? Hey, that guy's selling his stuff. Go check him out. Or did you have a conversation with what I had? Did you right. have any communicate? Like, I'm, I'm, I said, I'm hearing the same exact thing that Laz just said. So are you interested or not? Like, w- what is it, dude? And he's like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm out. I'm out. I said, cool. No problem. Oh, you know? man,
0: that's, that's frustrating. I don't blame you.
1: Yeah. So twice getting this close and then them backing off at the last second. So I was like, all right, man. So at that point in time, I'm done. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like Vince McMahon. I don't know if you know the, the, the meme where he's crying and you know, got the, <laughs> he's <laughs> saying, I, I, mean, I can't do this right now. I was there. So I start packing up my stuff and uh, you know, oh, you know, Rob's like, oh, are you leaving? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm out. Cause I, again, I took time away from my family. That was my, I believe that was Veterans Day. So I actually had a day off that day. That was Saturday, which was Veterans Day. And I would could have been off with my family. Instead, I'm in New Jersey trying to, you know, acquire money to get this grail. So I kind of, it was like, almost like I, I was upset. I was guilty at the same time, not spending time with my family. So I was just like, let me, let, let me go home, man. So I go home driving. And in my mind, I'm like, well, all right, well, I, I still have 5,000. I said my only, you know, thing to do right now is to probably just piece it out, you know, little by little over eBay, you know, do a Craig special. And that, you know, eBay usually has the most eyes on on there. So, you know, I'm just gonna have to be patient, so you know, as many as I can that's you know convenient for me and and see what happens that way. Um so I kind of went home soured. And then as soon as I walk through the door, I get another. Request do you know those blue requests that pop up in your, your IG? Mm-hmm. So I got one of those, and I looked at it, and I clicked on it, and somebody was actually trying to call me from the show, another person that was there. Remember deal.
2: the username by any chance? <sighs> because I think I'm just telling you this now for the first time. There was a third person at the show, someone I know,
1: whose mm-hmm. name is Sal, who was looking for you, and I gave him your Instagram name. That was probably him. That was probably him because he's like, I was trying to get in touch with you. So he had called my Instagram and uh, I didn't realize it because I was driving home, you know, in another zone. Uh, So went through the whole spiel and I was like, hey, man, cool. I said, are you interested? He's like, yeah, show me what you got. So then I had to, you know, come down here and take pictures of everything. Took another 30, 35 minutes getting it all, you know, nice pictures, clear so you could see the grades, description of the cards, went through everything come back up and uh you know dm'd him and then at that point in time he was like nice cards but yeah not what i'm looking for so it was three times in one day and i was like i'm done yeah let me let me spend some time with my family <laughs> i was wow. like I, I can't take this so you talk about you know it went from the dream of trying to get this card to where it's like a complete nightmare of a day um so I was just I was feeling down and out at that point. Like it's, I guess, this Grail chase. It's not that it's over, but it's going to be a lot harder getting that card. And, and I remember it's more
0: than you, just. The, no go. Go ahead, Craig.
2: I was going to say it's more than just the card itself. Like we could be talking about cards, work, anything. When you pour so much effort into it, and you just face rejection, rejection, rejection. Like yeah, that's you know, that, that that hurts. That definitely hurts.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so Oz, I mean, you were talking about it on the Cousins Collectibles podcast, and you you know, one of my favorite qualities about you is that you're genuine. You wear your emotions on your sleeve, like most Philly sports fans do, but you know, you carry that into your real life and you're, you're authentic and and how you feel is how you put it out there. So what turned the tide from you hitting like a really low point, you know, the three times rejection of trying to, you know, get this money, sell some stuff to get your grail, what turned the tide and and had it turn more toward the dream area?
1: Basically, at that point in time, the next day, I was just thinking to myself, I got to be honest with homeboy and let him know, listen, because I've been pushing it off, pushing it off. It was almost a month from the first time we had you know, spoken. And I said, you know, just give me till the show. And then I should be able to get it, you know, straight cash. Oh, so. That
0: was even more pressure that right. you had given this deadline to him
1: exactly so my thing was like okay i gotta communicate now with the guy so then i have decisions to make so i was like okay let me let me communicate with him but then it's gonna be like what am i gonna say am i gonna go ahead and give him what he wants which is the cash that i have plus all of my Allen iverson collection that i've worked so hard for Mm -hmm. am i willing to do that right now or maybe i could just let him know listen it's just it didn't work out So I know for a fact, in a couple months, I'm coming into some more money. I'd be able to get it then, probably say like February, March. End of March, I can get everything for you and have it straight cash. But is it fair to him to say, hey, I need you to wait, you know, four months for me? So it was kind of a dilemma. My thing was like, let me just be honest with him. Let him know what's going on. Let him know what happened and see what happens. So I hit uh, Chris from hot sauce underscore cards up. And again, Chris has been... You know when when you're dealing when you dealt with like you know three gentlemen like nothing against Laz or any of those guys you know what I mean they they do what they do and I understand it totally you know it's all about the bottom line you know but it was it's like totally different dealing with this Chris guy like he he was like I I said he was a godsend like it it's not the normal hobby person that you're dealing with when when it comes to Chris from hot sauce underscore cards. He was more than patient, gentleman, professional. So I told him everything that was happening. And I said, dude, like right now, I said, here's the two options that I have. It's one, um, I have, I can get you 8K cash. And then I can trade you these cards. And I showed him some other higher end cards that were not Alan Iverson but I did include uh the ultra stars gold which is what he really he really wanted the one that I picked up from the national that you were there for that yes and
0: I we had the great video not to get too far from the story Oz but if you go back in the crosstown cardboard YouTube and look at our national vlog we had part one and two and Tony got that great video of me and you discussing you know I was looking at card ladder looking up the comps and I'm like All right, Oz, you know, because I know you mostly get stuff on eBay Mm -hmm. and for me and Craig, we're more so, you know, negotiating and either at the Craig at the card shops and me, you know, online and then at some of the shows that I get to go to. So I loved like combining, you know, and like working together and like, all right, we'll offer this. And then if he says this counter with this and then and to see you get that card, that was that was cool. But I didn't think you'd be willing to give that one up.
1: Well, that's. I got there's a twist to that story which i'll okay. let you know in a bit but he really wanted that card and in my mind i was like i can't just sit here and be like you can't have any of my alan iverson's dude like no yeah i mean you're willing to give up this type of card which is a grail card and i'm sitting here you know saying no you can't have any of mine so i was like you know i i gotta come with some type of compromise so i said listen i can do 8k cash i'll include the the ultra stars, gold Allen Iverson. And then these other cars, which was like the Dr. J um, rookie auto. And then there's another Dr. J that I had another Bill Russell auto. So you know, certain other cars that were very nice cars, Charles Barkley. um, I said, I can trade you these. And he goes, you know what? We can do that. And he goes, and by the way, I don't know if you're aware or not, but I do buy out collections as well. So whatever else you have, I'm willing to buy that too. And I'm like, had I known this, but I was too chicken to ask before because I'm walking on eggshells, not trying to screw up this deal. So I didn't know where Mm -hmm. to go which way, you know? So I was like, I was like, cool. So by me communicating with with the guy, not only did we come to a deal with, you know, like I said, the cash and the trade, he also bought the cars that I was looking to move at Laz's show and it was kind of like a win-win so i came out with more cash came out with the grail and was able to purchase another card off of him that was pretty you know just as significant as the one that we just uh talked about and uh and also get another card so it's uh it worked out it went from dream to nightmare to dream just by <laughs> communicating and being open and honest with the gentleman
0: yeah yeah, that that's incredible. That's incredible. Now, I loved the detail that you went into about the final steps of making this deal happen and the kindness that the other guy showed when you got the grail off of him. So can you go through like, you know, because I know you guys met up in person, right? To complete mm-hmm. this deal. Can you go through those final stages of the deal? Yeah,
1: so it was it was a lot of cards. So it was probably like about like 99 cards. Yeah, let's just say 100 cards. Damn! That's a big deal.
0: It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Oh my gosh. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that many, a
1: hundred plus eight K you said. Yeah. Yeah. But these, a lot of these cars were cars that when I purchased them, they were like a hundred, 150 bucks at the peak. But now they drop down, say 25, 35, 40. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of those $75, the most. Whatever. It's a it's a sunk cost. So. right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I'm not moving these anytime soon. Nobody wants them, but he's willing to take them off my hand. And it's, you know, more cash going into the pot. So obviously being a mailman, I know how things can get lost in the mail. So I'm not willing to send a hundred cards, you know, and he didn't want to do any like PayPal or anything like that. He's like any thing that I, I do. I'd rather do it in person cash or he does a lot on whatnot. So everything that he does is on whatnot. I said, so for this particular one, I said, listen, let's meet up. I know you're up in Connecticut. Like, what, what did you want to do? I said, can you meet me halfway? And he's like, dude, he's like, i am be honest with you my mom is really, really sick. So I have to stay in this area. I'm taking care of her. So at any point in time, I can be on call, to, you know, take her to the hospital or something. He's like, I am going to the show, which is near my house, which is the Mohegan Sun Show in Connecticut. He goes, if you're willing to meet me there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm, i be there and we can do the deal. So I looked it up. It's four and a half hours away from where I am. And I was like, eh, let's make it happen. So we took the trip up. I asked Tony. I was like, you know, my wife is like, "Uh, you're not going up there by yourself, are you? I'm like, "Um, no. She said, well, who are you taking? I was like, "Uh, Tony. And I hadn't asked Tony yet, but so I was hoping Tony would say, yeah. <laughs> and Tony being the man that he is, he, of course, he was down for it. Road like, dog. Yeah. yeah. Road so dog like, Tony. Oh, okay. We get to check out the Mohegan Sun show that we've never been to. Uh, also make this deal. Get to meet Chris from Hot Sauce underscore cars and on, you know, to boot. Big Ken happened to be there that day. So we were able to meet up with him. So in the midst of all the, the drama and the chaos of other things that were going on, you know, that day was, was pretty, pretty cool and significant and making that trip up to, uh, you know, Connecticut to make it deal, make the deal.
0: So you met him, uh, mm-hmm. and you had, how, how were you carrying all these, <laughs> all these cards?
1: Actually, everything fit in my Zion case, which was pretty amazing. Okay. Um, so, so it Zion. was heavy, yeah. It was heavy as hell, not heavy as hell. Yeah, but, I guess uh, I probably
0: have about a hundred cards in my in my Zion case. Yeah, I well, okay. got that big Zion case.
2: That yeah, thing.
0: I got the four. I got the four row, not sponsored, yeah. not The spot.
2: inevitable, the inevitable shoulder pain edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: You get the trap. You get the traps though to fill out the yeah, yeah, uh, Larry yeah. Bird, Larry Bird high school jersey I got on here.
1: There you go. Uh, there you wow. go. So, so you drove but four I'm, and a half hours to secure yeah, the deal in person secure the deal in person he met up with the the show um started at 10 o'clock we were there about 9 30. we were able to get into the show we we met up with ken had a little powwow there um and then he showed up like around 11 o'clock so we met at the entrance of the show and right out there there was a hallway and to the left there was tables and stuff that nobody was sitting at so we went to the table over there and uh you know i had the cash and the cards and my zion and he had the, the two cards that we discussed and the rest is history, opened it up, made the thing. Oh, but one kicker I had included in the deal was my 86 Fleer Barkley, his rookie card that was actually signed. So it was uh, authentic, but with a uh, gem ten auto was what I had. And I had included that. So as I'm pulling the cards out the case, you know, I pull it and I say, oh, man, this was my first card you know, my first big boy card that I purchased this 86 Fleer Barkley, you know, Barkley was one of my favorites before Iverson. And he goes, that's your first card you ever bought. I said, yes. I said, said, you know, that probably like two and a half years ago, as far as like when I first started collecting again, that's my, my first big boy purchase. He's like, really? And I said, yeah, he's like, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah. So I'm, you know, taking the rest of the cars out. He goes, keep it. I said, what? He's like, Keep it. Deal remains the same. Keep the Barkley card. And that's like about, you know, when I bought it, it was about $1,100. So now it's about $750, $800 worth. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? He said, like, yeah, that that card means something to you. That was where how you started your collection. Like, yeah, man, that's all you keep it. You, you've been, you know, he, you know, he's telling me how I've been more than nice and everything and we, how we work things out. And I was just floored. I was like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, like, dude, is this? You know, my own candid camera, is somebody going to pop out be like, psych, you know, like. <laughs> psych, I'm taking the Barkley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he gave me the Barkley back, and and it was just crazy, man. So, like I said, this hot sauce underscore, underscore cars, Chris, he's been unbelievable, you know, great to deal with, and we made the deal happen, man. So dream, wow. nightmare, dreams. That is incredible. I,
0: I remember when you were going through that detail, and I was like, I think I was washing my dishes when I was listening to your podcast and you were going through the details of finally getting, you know, the AI card that we had talked about, that we had, you know, tried to, I'm sure, you know, you talked to Tony and in your own head and other people in the hobby, but I just felt so invested, you know, not only because we had talked about the structure of this deal, but, you know, we're friends outside of cards too. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, I want my guy to get his card. I know how much this means to him, how much, if this was Larry Bird you know in a similar situation this would mean to me and then to have it topped off with the cherry on top of the kindness of the other gentleman giving you the opportunity to hold on to a card that was so important to restarting your collection and also another Philly player for the 76ers in Barkley I I'm not going to lie to you I teared up listening to that on the podcast yeah. and I'm like this sports card community when there are times, there you go. Oz is showing it right there on the screen. Just the the, I don't even know how to really put it into words. But the the kindness that sports cards opens itself up to that that you can show that level of kindness and care to somebody else, even in the midst of when money's at stake. You know, a five figure deal, and you can still have that human element, that human to human uh you know show of care and understanding for somebody else is just so cool that that can happen you know even in the midst of something that's a hobby and something that has so much money at stake i was just floored by that being yeah. like the final element of the the deal there
2: and obviously the iverson card is the 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 protagonist of this story
1: mm-hmm. and a
2: card i imagine you're never going to part with but i feel like because of the the niceness and the sentimental value. The Barkley has also become a card that you can't part with. That's <laughs> no, no, that's your that's, yeah. PC now,
1: right? <laughs> it has to be. These, these are the two cards that I had picked up. So of course I had the grail card. All right. We spoke about that one. So then I got, this was 1997. So then I got the Gemmin 10 1998 upper deck game Jersey card off of him. So this was the second year of upper deck that came out with that. So I was able to snag that off of him. And then I was able to, since I traded the Ultra Stars Gold to him, the PSA 8, I was actually upgraded to a 9. Wow. So now, so now I have this in a 9. Now, when this, I made this happen. When was this? Actually, this is, the, I, I did this before everything went down. Cause in my mind, I was like, I got to give something up to him. And I seen the PSA nine pop up on auction and it was at a nice price. So I was able to win the auction, put in a mega bid, got it, did it. And, <laughs> <Mega> um, bid <laughs> got the card. And, uh, then I was more apt and willing to include the PSA eight ultra stars gold in the trade.
0: Wow. Yeah, that, that that that's incredible, Craig. You have a, you have a question here? No, I just
2: think I, you
0: you won, Oz. You won. <laughs> but I, I I really want to know, Oz, because whenever we have a guest on and we haven't in a while, we usually go you know fifty minutes to an hour. So I guess we have a few more minutes here. But what is your advice for somebody who's also trying to track down a grail? And you know, I I know the communication part is big because you know, you, you went back to the communication is lubrication. And once you started talking to the guy who had the card you wanted, all of a sudden, you know, it started to really get going when you just were honest and you presented, you know, your side of it and where you stood and what you could do, what you'd be comfortable doing. But you went through a lot of the, like you said, dream, nightmare, back to dream, the roller coaster of trying to make this happen. But if somebody else is listening here to Crosstown Cardboard, what would you say to them as far as advice? to navigate that journey and try to make something like what you've done, make that happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, if the card means that much to you and it's something that you're willing to, you know, pull out of all the stops to get it, it's possible. It, it really is possible. There's, you know, uh, Sam Evans always talks about how there's no card out there that's, you can't get, you know, he he always throws it out there. Like if you're willing to do it and, you know, put in the time the work and the effort, you're, you know, you can get, pretty much any card in the hobby. Now, you know, some are like crazily priced. Obviously it's a pipe dream for most, but you know, what Sam means is like, if, if you're willing to do it, you, you can make it happen. You know, you just have to remain, you know, focused. Cause there's a lot of things that, that can happen to distract you. And it's easy, you know, just that, that day alone, I could have been like, you know, screw this. I could take this money and put it somewhere else, you know, and, you know, being, you know, we're, we're, I'm a husband, I have kids, I have bills, You know, we all have bills. So I could take that 5K that I was messing around with that really didn't wasn't something I expected to have. But I could have took that and put it towards something else, you know, paying something off or, you know, there's so many things I could have done with it um, and easily just gave up on that dream because there was just so many things that were saying Nah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So you just got to you got to remain focused and 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 just keep your eye on the prize and do all those little things necessary you know like we talked about the communication communication is key and then when if you have resources available like if you have extra cards you go through your pc or whatever you have look at those cards and say listen if i gave this card up is this a card that i would would i would i not be able to get this card back if i gave it up you know what are the chances if i sold this card down the road, would I be willing, you know, or able to get this card back? And so, for most of the cards that were in my in my case, I said I can get this card now. Whether or not the price is going to be higher or lower, you know that that's, you know, for another story. But the fact was, if I had enough money to get that card, I can do it. So those are replaceable. So if you're looking to get that one grail, that one in a million card, that you know there's only one out there, a pop one, or or you know a one on one, something like that, and you know that's the one you want to get you you're gonna have to come to jesus moment with your collection to say okay what's what's worth more to me this one card and then piecing back your other you know your collection piece by piece or just sticking with what you got and you know saving up there's nothing wrong with saving up money you know what i mean it just you might sometimes you got to act on certain things right away but if you have the opportunity to save the money and, and do it slow rolling nothing wrong with that either is this a grave card for you listen
2: bury you with that Iverson
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's other cards out there that are uh that I have grails as well now I don't see myself getting rid of this card or using it but you know if there's a particular card out there like just to say a a green Allen Iverson PMG pops up you know which is probably worth I don't know God knows what how much that's worth <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I couldn't even tell you bro those cars like that anything green right off the bat it could be the crappiest player and they're like a thousand dollars but if you throw in somebody that has any significance in the hobby the green PMGs are ridiculous but being able maybe to use that card to leverage myself to get to that point maybe but other than that I don't see that card moving out of here
2: yeah enjoy it's it it's not gonna C- be on e-
1: it's not gonna be on eBay next week put it like that.
2: And I'm sure you've looked at it many a time since. Oh, yeah, of
0: course. If you, Oz, if you leverage that card that you now got, and I hate this. I guess this is the New York in me, you know, always trying to make a scheme and make a, a, a play and see how you can keep, you know, oh, well, wow, that was a great moment. But it's almost like <laughs> Nick Saban. You know, you take one day to celebrate, you're back to practice. Yeah. But you have this now chess piece. You can move to, you know, potentially go after something, Even bigger, uh, not more unique because that's a one of one, you know, a pop one with that inscription and PSA nine with the 10 auto first ever you know, jersey set for the NBA. But you could move that. Let's say if you were going after, like you said, a PMG or a logo man one day, which I don't think is out of reach for you Mm -hmm. by any means. And then you could just get the 97 game jersey by itself. No auto. And match that up with the 98 game jersey. And now you still got that pair, although not as unique. And you might have something else, you know, that's at an even higher level as far as that. I mean, just looking toward the future because I know you are as
1: well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's always a possibility. Um, You know, it it just, right now, dude, it's kind of like you see these cards coming out of the woodworks the the market is it's kind of still going down and people are 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 bringing out some bangers that you've never seen before and and the bangers now the prices are in reach where 2 years mm-hmm. ago you know cars like this it would have been way you know the the numbers would have been astronomical so now you're starting to see cars going back to where they were pre-pandemic oh well, there's a red one how much are they asking for that Oh, um, my
0: gosh. So this is uh, Craig showing a 97-98 Skybox Metal Universe PMG BGS7. It's numbered out of 100, and it's sold on Golden on June 26th for $67,000. And that's Iverson's second year. I mean, same year as your game jersey. Yeah, yeah. But, but second year Iverson. Yeah, those were the first PMGs, yep. Wow. But you were saying too, Oz, that that – the card that you have is uh, almost like Iverson's RPA.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't really have any, you know, Jersey card. So the fact that this is his first Jersey card with the auto, to me, it's, it's, it's not, but to me it's significant in that it's, his rookie patch auto as far as like the first year of, of Jersey. So technically, you know, 96, 97 is when he started. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a stretch, but that's my stretch. It's my I'm story going I'm with it. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> Closest yeah, thing to an RPA you're going to get. Yeah.
0: And you're you're definitely allowed that when you put five figures into a yeah. card. I think you can stretch it, especially if it's a pop one. You can stretch that as far as you want. Right, right. That's great. Greg, so final Greg, feelings are,
1: Before your, your microphone was off while the – were you saying something about the PMG? I was just
2: going to say you had talked about a green PMG, but the red yeah. color match. The red oh, color yeah, match yeah, yeah. the Sixers jersey. That's You true. know. Aesthetic with the red color match, scarcity with the green, but let's cross that bridge when we get to
0: it. (laughs) That's so awesome though, that that's actually in the realm of what you could potentially be looking to get in the future. I mean, how crazy is that, you know, two and a half years after being back in the hobby that now you're looking at cards, you know, this one that you got around the $15,000 value, but now you're looking even further.
1: Yeah. Yeah you know you got to set your 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 sights high you know and there and there's so many things that I got going on if if you guys are able to see you know I collect toys you know I collect comics I collect stranger things cards Michael Jackson cards so it's like to me it's tough to like remaining focused on one thing like this thing just caught my eye and it was like all right stay focused it was like squirrel you know I'm looking like i'm a dog but it was like okay i gotta remain focused on this one and i was able to do that and and you know able to accomplish that which is which is big for me so uh, i'm you know my uh, my collection is a lot lighter these days but that's fine that's fine because i get i got to keep all my michael jackson stranger things i got to keep majority of my alan iverson's and now i got this one so works out for me
0: and uh was final feelings uh, before Craig jumps in and asks uh, another question with uh where things stand now now that you you've gone through the dreams and nightmares you know roller coaster you got the card that you were after and you're sitting in your in your man cave down in the basement what do you what are your feelings when you have that card in your possession and you think of all the work that went in and all the you know tension and and deals falling through and you know plotting and planning and communication to get there What's like your are feeling sitting there with it?
1: I'm proud. I'm proud of myself because it was a it was something, you know. I always tell Tony this. He always says I'm full of crap, but I'm an introvert. You know, doing this whole hobby thing, getting onto the mic, being able to talk and doing all this, and going to shows, communicating with people that I don't know, trying to make a deal. It's it's tough for me. It's difficult for me. It's just it's something I've had to deal with my entire life, um, where I just don't they, like. I wouldn't say I'm not good enough, but like, I don't know, it's like an inf- inferiority complex that I've always had. Um, so to do deals like this and to get up on the mic and to have my own podcast, these it's all therapy for me. So I'm very, very proud of the fact that I was able to one, give up a majority of my collection because I am a hoarder. You know, I, I like to gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give I want to keep, keep it all. Um, so to go ahead and say, you know what? In order to get what I want, I gotta give up some things. So I was able to do that. I was able to raise some capital and then at the end of the day, communicate with the gentleman and come across to be able to make the deal happen. So all those things combined, it just it's a proud moment. It's like a proud papa when you when you I don't know if you, you guys don't have kids yet, right? No. Okay. So when when you see your baby for the first time and you you know you're that that proud papa moment, you'll you'll know. And then that's, you know, when I'm when I ha- when I'm holding my baby here, that's it's, uh, I feel like a proud papa. <laughs> Gave birth wow. to my dreams.
2: <laughs> that's great. Look, that's an incredible card. It's also much nicer going after a grail when it's like you care about the card, right? We see so much. Listen, we flip on here, right? Yeah. We flip cards as well. But when you go through all this effort to buy a card that you're going to sell, it doesn't hit the same. When you right. go after a card because of the significance of the player and the team and the set that holds a lot more weight. So I appreciate hearing that story. And I hate to go with this like, all right, well, what's next? Because we should in life take time to just appreciate what we do have. But mm-hmm. you've got way less inventory now. And part of being a hobby participant is having inventory to play with. So you can go to shows and sell. You can go to shows and trade. Sounds like you're pretty empty now. So do you even care? Or it's Or it, You have your grail, so that's fine. You'll, you'll figure out what happens next.
1: Um, I'm not empty. Not definitely not empty. If you, if I were to show you what I have left, like I said, I'm a hoarder. I got, yeah, I got look look that, a lot. That background, that background is pretty full. Oh no, that ain't crap. That you gotta look <laughs> over this. <laughs> um, I got a lot, but still, it's like you said, I, I'm building towards something. So now what I was telling Tony is like he said the same exact thing. Now what? So now it's okay, kind of like you know, you're trimming the fat off of that iris and collection, that iris and PC and looking to see exactly where you know what steps next that you want to take so it's like now you know i want to get into those rare 90s inserts the jambalayas you know cars like that the pmgs refractors tops chrome refractors you know certain cars like that and just really try to focus in on one of those cars not so much get the all the you know the easy ones oh grab that for 150 grab that one for 250 oh that one's at three you know i mean instead of going for 10 cards and then you realize you just spent $1,500. You got a lot of cars, but none of them are really, not that they're not significant, but they're not bangers. So it's like instead of doing that, being more patient and more calculated with my purchases and trying to really go for those ones. If I have one that's a PSA 9 right now and I see a PSA 10 pop up, you know, maybe try to trade that PSA 9 or sell that and then get that money to move up into the PSA 10. So you know, things like that, really trying, like I said, trim the fat off of it and get that top 1%. You know, like I'm Mil Sarfani I used to speak of all the time, and 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 try to get those cards. So you know, little by little, trying to see if I can creep up in the. Again, I recommend checking out Philly Card Collector. That man's collection when it comes to Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Giannis, it's it's sick.
0: Yeah, that, that's great. And uh, I just want to, you know, we we got a great attitude of gratitude going here. Um, which I have a, a tattoo of. I think that's very important. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, you know, Craig was mentioning being being uh, grateful and appreciative of what you have right now, even though, of course, human nature is always to look forward into the future. But speaking of that gratitude, I just wanted to point out a couple uh, things real quick because, you know, um, Spotify is putting out the Spotify wrapped as far as people's top podcasts and top songs that they listen to, top artists. And Craig, I don't know if you know this, but our boy Andrew St. Croix Cards has us number three yes. on his podcast that he listens to, Crosstown Cardboard. Oh, and Oz, here's a shout out for you also from Man Rams underscore collection. Also shouted us out and you guys out, you and Tony. And you guys are number one on his oh, podcast list, a most listened to podcast of any kind. And Crosstown awesome. Cardboard is number three. So a little uh, a little gratitude for everybody who's listening, tuning in on YouTube and any podcast platform to us at Crosstown Cardboard, to Oz and Tony at Cousins Collectibles. And they're always over there keeping positive, keeping focused and keeping collecting. Collecting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that means a lot. That means a lot. Like I said, just, you know, referring back to the fact that this is something that it takes a lot for me to go ahead and get on here. It was it was a joke to begin with between Tony and I. So, you know, to have actually some people out there listening to us and being the number one podcast that they listen to, it kind of like whew, blows the mind. So, yes, much appreciation.
0: All right. That was that was awesome. Uh, with the uh, dreams and nightmares, getting the, the Iverson all-time card, and um, we definitely really appreciate you sharing the process to get there, the feelings you were feeling during and after, and uh, I think that's just something great that so many people can take with them into their regular life and their card journey as well. So we definitely really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on board once again, fellas. It's always, you know, you ask me, hey, do you want to come? I'm like, of course, I'm I'm on, man. Let's tell me when you know when and where. Let me know what time. Um, uh, today's very significant for me. Uh 425 is a huge game for the Eagles going up against the San Francisco 49ers. So hopefully. By the time this releases, when everybody gets to listen to this, the uh, Eagles have beaten the Niners and uh, shut them the hell up for talking for a whole year.
0: I want but- to see this because the whole talk, you know, in the in the playoffs was Brock Purdy got his elbow, you know, he couldn't throw, and now you got a fourth string quarterback who you guys are playing against, and that was a layup, in my opinion. Yeah. So now we got to see who the real physical team is in the conference, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see by by the time this comes out. Yes, sir. So, gentlemen. I guess, uh, go birds. <laughs> go birds.
2: <laughs> Peace.